You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. The things that we might want to see, okay? So I want you to think of a person that if you could see this person and spend time with them, anybody in the world right now, who would you want to see? Maybe it would be a politician, Probably not, but maybe. Uh, maybe it'd be a movie star. Uh, maybe a famous pastor, a preacher. Maybe it would be a YouTube star, a musician, um, an artist, a scientist, a professor, an author, or an athlete. Who would you want to see? Just get somebody in mind right now. Now, what do you think would be the requirement for you to see that person. What do you think would be the requirement for you to see that person? You probably have to go through a lot of hoops to be able to see that person. There'd probably be a, a great filtering that would happen before you could even contact that person. And, and probability is you would never be able to see the person you want to see. Now, if you want to see me, it's very easy. You just, just, just come up here and talk to me or, or call me or send me an email or text, and I'll see you. That's easy, right? But what about God? What do you think it takes to see God? What requirement does God have for us to be able to see Him? The Bible tells us that there is one, one requirement. And that is to be pure, to be pure. Jesus says, and this may be the highlight of the Beatitudes, because there is a reward for each one of them. But in this case, the reward for purity of heart is that we will see God. This is the one requirement that God has given to us that we would be able to see him. And what God wants, what Jesus wants for us more than anything else is to be able to see God. Now, if let's say that the person that you wanted to see um, was a great musician, okay? There's a violinist that I really like, so um, I just say it's Joshua Bell. And let's say that I, I really wanted to see Joshua Bell, and one of you told me, you know what, Pastor Curtis, I could help you see Joshua Bell. And I go, really? I go, absolutely. In fact, if you just come over here to my computer, we can do it right now. <laughs> and so you just, go on YouTube, you, know, you just go on Google, and you bring up a picture, and you go, look, Pastor Curtis, you can see Joshua Bell. Well, that's not what we want. We don't want to just see a picture of God. When you say, I want to see him, you mean I want to be with him. I want to be with her. I want to spend time with them. I want to be able to enjoy this relationship with them. And so when Jesus says this to us, he says, I want you to know that the highlight of life, both now and after this earth, is to see my heavenly father. I want you to see him. But the requirement is purity. And so today, we're going to talk about what is the purpose of purity? Why are we to be pure? And then we're going to talk about the power to become pure. Where do we get the power 
to be able to have that type of purity that Jesus talks about here. And then lastly, we're going to look at the promise of purity and what that promise means to us and how it motivates us. But first, we want to look at the, the purpose of purity. We want to look at the purpose of purity. And it is so that you and I would become holy as God is holy. That you and I would be holy as God is holy. Can you see? Can you read with me Leviticus 19.2? Let's say it together. Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Remember, Jesus had the Old Testament. He didn't have the letters of Paul yet. All he had is his own words and the Old Testament. And it's referring back to Leviticus. And Jesus is thinking, I want the people of God to be holy. I want them to obey the law of God. Now, later on, 1 Peter says, Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, and then Peter quotes Leviticus, Be holy because I am holy. God wants you and me, his children, to grow up and to be like him. That's one of the greatest compliments and one of the things every parent wants to hear is to say, if a child were asked, what do you want to be like when you grow up? And they would say, I want to be like my mom or I want to be like my dad. And our Heavenly Father wants that for His children too. He wants us to be able to say, I want to grow up and I want to be like my Heavenly Father. I want to be holy as He is holy. I want to be holy as Jesus is holy. I want to grow up and be just like Him. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. The pure in heart. He doesn't say, blessed are those who have pure language. They'll get to see God. He doesn't say, blessed are those who are pure in action, for they will see God. Nor does he say, blessed are those who are pure in religion or in rituals or in food. No, he says, blessed are the pure in heart. The heart to Jesus and the heart in the New Testament means the very center of our personality. It is the inner person that we are. It is the part of us that only God can see and see all of it. It represents our character and it represents the way we think and it represents our will. And this is where God wants to work and to make us holy. He wants us to be pure and you and I have a walk with God that helps us to be pure. That's what the new retreat is going to be about. About helping us to walk with God in such a way that we are more holy and more like Jesus. That we would have a spiritual nature just like His. That our hearts would be pure. But purity doesn't just happen automatically. It requires maturity and it requires faith. You and I have the ability to have faith. To be able to be pure. It took faith to become a Christian. And it is that same faith. In believing in Jesus. And accepting his grace. And his forgiveness for us. That now we walk with him. And it is in our walk with Jesus. That we exhibit faith. In Acts chapter 15 verse 9. The Bible says. And this is Peter speaking. And he's talking about the Jews. And the Gentiles. And Peter says, he, God, made no distinction between us, between the Jew and the Gentile, between us and them. For he purified their hearts by faith. 
God purifies our hearts by faith. There's something you and I do that helps the purification process. John Piper says, God is the one who purifies the heart. And the instrument with which he cleanses it is faith. God wants us to have faith, to have a pure heart. There is something you and I do in the process with God. Now, the word pure is the Greek word katharos, katharos. And it's where we get our word catharsis. And catharsis in psychology means to cleanse our mind and our emotion. But in our body, it means to cleanse ourselves from any kind of impurity, any type of contamination. Have you ever drank, like reached into um, the refrigerator, pulled out a carton of milk, poured a glass, drank it, and then just immediately spit it out because it was sour? Or, or have you ever eaten like some food that had been sitting in the refrigerator for a long time? You, you put it into the microwave, you heat it up, you took a bite, you go, oh, this is bad. And you knew that it was spoiled, it was impure. And so you didn't eat it. But then have you ever gotten food poisoning? Anybody here ever gotten food poisoning? A number of you have gotten food poisoning. It is horrible, right? It is horrible. I remember I got food poisoning one time. I'd gone to a, a fish restaurant, one of our favorite fish restaurants, and they grilled my fish, and I ate it. It tasted good. And, and as soon as I got home, I had a catharsis experience, all right? Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't fun at all, okay? and, and And so even... As we eat or drink things that may not seem to have toxins in it or impurities, they may. And so whether it is something as obvious as spoiled milk or whether it is something that's hidden in the food that we eat, God knows that in the same way our spirits need to be kept pure. They need to be kept uncontaminated. God wants us to be sure that we are clean and where? Does he want us to be clean, most of all? He wants us to be clean in our hearts. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Everything about our lives is contained within our heart. God sees everything about us. Jesus said of the heart, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. This is just a short list, but it is representative of the major problems that all of us struggle with with impurity. And I don't want to just gloss over it. And I don't want you to think about it as, oh, well, yeah, you know, every now and then I have a bad thought. But rather to realize that this is something that's in our hearts. And if I have an evil thought, if I want to hurt somebody, if I want to have sexual relationship outside of my marriage with somebody else, if I want to have sexual relationship with somebody who I'm not married to, if I want to involve myself in pornography or any other kind of sexual pleasure that I know God doesn't want me to do, 
If I want to steal something or take something that is not mine, or covet something that belongs to somebody else, if I want to lie, even what we might call a white lie, but it's still a lie, or I want to use words to hurt somebody else, to slander them, God is saying there is an impurity in our hearts. And I want you and me to take a moment and do business with God. Because Jesus wants us to see God. He wants us to be pure. So are there evil thoughts? Do you want to hurt somebody? Are you living in sexual sin in some way? Do you steal or cheat? or lie, or use words to hurt other people. Jesus says, I want to clean that. I want to remove that from you. I want you to not be burdened by the burdens of guilt and sorrow and sin. I want you to have a clean heart. I want you to have this. Now, we, by faith, acknowledge it. We, by faith, turn to God and say, God, help me because I can't do this on my own power. But I acknowledge that I need your help to turn away from sin. There are people, um, I don't know if there's anybody here, but um, I've known people who have to wear a pacemaker, right? A pacemaker is something somebody wears inside their body and it helps their heart to stay regular. It helps it to keep pumping. Well, God has given us a Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit to live in us. Like a pacemaker, he is keeping our heart in beat with what God wants for it. And he wants us to have a pure heart. He wants us to have a clean heart. And so we, by our faith, can turn to God and ask him to help us to have this. Repeat these words with me, Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I want you to think about any sin that Jesus brought to your mind as we went over his words. And the Lord would say to us that we can say this prayer as David did. Lord, create in me a pure heart. And then give me the kind of spirit that's steadfast so I don't fall back into that sin again. That I would be stable in you. God, cleanse me from these sins. Turn me away from them. I can't do it on my own. In Ezekiel chapter 36, God says to his people, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is a spiritual heart. This isn't just the flesh and blood heart. This is the heart that Jesus is talking about. About being the pure in heart in this manner. 
that it is God who gives us this new heart. It is God who gives us this new spirit. It is this pure and steadfast spirit that we, by faith, can ask of God, and God will do, so that we would be as Jesus wants us to be, which is holy, as God is holy, so that we would see God. Let's look a little bit more at this power that comes only from God. For the power to be pure is found where? Not in God's threatening, not in God's punishment, not in God's anger, but in God's love. The power to be pure is found in God's love. Purity and the desire to be pure comes from a desire to know and to be loving. When Carol and I pray for our children, we pray that they will continue to seek to live pure lives. When we pray for our son who's getting married, when we pray for him and for his fiance, we pray that they will remain pure until the day of their wedding. It is important for a parent to know that their child is living in a way that keeps them safe and healthy. We're not wanting them to be here because we don't want them to have any fun. God doesn't do that either. It's not that he, doesn't, he wants us to be pure so that he would be able to keep us from doing that which is enjoyable. But he wants us to be pure so that we can have that which is great and wonderful in the way that he made it. He wants us to be pure so that our lives and our hearts and our souls and our spirits are joyful and meaningful and unencumbered by any types of guilt or dirt. And God wants us to know that it is his love that will do that for us. He wants it for us. Have mercy on me, O God. Psalm 51, 1, 2. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And it's love. It is when we love somebody, we don't want to hurt them. When we love someone, we don't want to do anything that makes them impure. We don't want to make them sin. When I really love somebody, I would do everything I can to help them to live a pure life. When I really love somebody, I will treat them in such a manner so that I will show my love by being pure towards them too. God wants us to know that he will purify us and that he will cleanse us. In 1 Peter 1.22, can you read this verse with me? Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. We see all three words in that verse too, very practical words to you and I. There is purity. And where does it come from? It comes by us obeying God's word, obeying his truth. The motivation for this purity with each other is what? It is sincere love. It is sincere love. And where does this sincere love come from? Where does it abide? In the heart. It is in the heart that we have our love 
for one another. It is in the heart that we have our love for God. It is from God's heart that we receive his purity. It is from God's power that we are able to have it in our heart that we might have sincere love for other people and treat them in such a manner that they would be pure and that we would be pure too. It is by the power of God and the power of his love. It is because we love somebody that we want to be pure. And it's because that they feel love that they want to be pure towards us too. And so God has given us this great purpose to be holy. God has given us this great power to be holy. And God has given to us this amazing promise of what it means to be pure. And that is that we get to see God. We get to see God without guilt, without shame. And to know that we will see him. And so we work by our faith to be pure as he is pure. Would you read with me 1 John 3, 2 and 3? Let's say it together. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Think about that as I read it again. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, that is Jesus, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We are going to see God. We are going to see Jesus. And the Bible says that everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. God wants us to be pure. He wants us to work at it by our faith. One of my favorite all-time books is a book by uh, Jerry Bridges, and it's called The Pursuit of Holiness. The Pursuit of Holiness. Jerry Bridges was a Navy man, a career Navy man, before he started working with the Navigators, a ministry that began by reaching out to the armed services people. And in it, he tells a story. He tells a story that as an officer, he would train his soldiers, and he would tell, teach them about battle. And he says, you know, he never told a soldier, I want you to go out to battle and not get shot too much. He goes, I never tell a soldier, we're never trained to go to battle and not get hit too much. We are taught and we are trained so that we are not getting hit at all. And that is the goal of the Christian life. Is that we don't want to give in to little sins here and there and that we just don't get hit too much. But we don't want to fall into a life of sin and be shot down. That God wants us to be pure and God wants us to pursue a life that is taking the power that he gives to us and being the person that he wants us to be. What do you pray for most of all? What do you pray for most of all? Again, you don't have to say that, but just think it. Do you ever pray to be pure? Do you ever pray that God will make you holy? I want to encourage you to do that this week. We're going to practice it in just a minute. But I want you to think about what it means to be pure and to see God and to pray, God, I 
want to be pure. I want to live a life you want me to live. Help me. Help me to be pure. Well, just think about what do we mostly pray for in our, our prayer room, okay? So there's a prayer room. Room number one is a prayer room that we, we dedicated a few months ago to the Lord. It's called the War Room, and in it there's a wall, and you can write your prayers. And so we let the children go in there. We let the adults go in there. We have both, all three congregations go in there. And so there's just one prayer, and I took a picture of it, and um, I think it's a child who wrote it, uh, but it says, Dear Jesus... I hope I always have fun. Amen. Now look at that. I go, you know, that, that's a very honest prayer. That's a very, in fact, actually, you know, uh, I could have wrote that. All right. Dear Jesus, I hope I always have fun. Amen. And, and that is a childlike prayer. All right. That is something that we all would want. Um, in a book um, that I'm reading uh, by Ken Geyer, and it's a devotional book. It's called Moments with the Savior. He's talking about the Beatitudes, and he, and he says, Lord, if I'm really honest, these are my Beatitudes. And he says, Lord, I want to be smart, popular, and respected. I want to be good-looking, athletically built, and stylishly dressed. I want life to be good, work to be fulfilling, and relationships to be fun. I want to be happy and healthy and rich. I want to have these things now. And I want to hold on to them forever. Amen. Man, we're all saying amen, aren't we? And again, he says, Lord, if I'm really honest, if I'm really honest with you, those are my beatitudes. And that's the, the child's beatitude. Blessed are those who have fun. That they shall see God. But you know, it's not that different than a very mature, godly man of God and woman of God who would confess and say, Lord, I haven't embraced the promise that you've given to me. I haven't accepted the use of the power of the Holy Spirit you've given to me. I know you love me, but I haven't even taken advantage of that fullness of that love so that I live a life of purity because I just want to see you because you said that that's the only requirement to see you is that I'm pure in heart. God, I, I haven't taken advantage of that power, but I want to now. I want to be what Jesus says. I want to live out Matthew 5, verse 8. I want to live out this beatitude. I want to be pure in heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, and so I want to be pure in heart. I want to see God. And I believe in our, my heart that every one of us really does want to see God. And we want to see his approval. And we want to hear his well done. But for that to be in all of its majesty and all of its glory and all that Jesus wants for us, we have to embrace that promise in prayer and pursue it. And so we're going to practice it right now. And we actually have it in our Bibles, in Psalm 51. And we're going to read this responsively. I'm going to read the odd verses, and I want to ask you to read the even verses with me. 
And I'm going to leave time at the end. That we're just going to read the first 12 verses. But I'm going to leave it up there for you to be able to pray to God uh, for just a few moments after we say it. And um, you can make business with God as we do. But this is a prayer for purity. And so again, I will read the odd number verses if you would read the even. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Verse 5, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hear me, hear, let me Hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. Verse 9, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit.
Let's read again responsibly these verses. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We want to see you. We want to have pure hearts. We want to please you. We want to have faith. But we need your power. And so, Lord, we confess our sin before you. And we pray, Lord, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. Against you, you only have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Lord, we know that you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach us wisdom in the secret heart. Let us, O Lord, hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and uphold us with a willing spirit. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.